What's up? What's up? What I wanted to go with the rhythm of it for some reason. Like in my heart, I feel like I had to keep going with it, like the rhythm wise. But what's up? Welcome back to the True Christian Ministry Podcast. I am Mike or Michael, depending on what you feel like calling me. And that is JD, as always, to my my right. It's so weird because I have to look left to you. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 all backwards and everything. But what's up, everybody? Welcome back. As always, it's Monday, my favorite night of the week, because we're back for the podcast. What's up, JD? What's up, brother Ben? What's up, everybody in the comments? As always, my name is JD or Jaikel. You can call me Jaikel. <laughs> Jaikel, is this a new thing? Is this our is this our name? You know that people do. It's Michael and Jaikel. Gotcha, gotcha. Welcome to the Welcome to the Jaikel Jaikel podcast. What's I love happening? that I slipped your name in the into that skit, and I don't think people knew it was your name, but they still laughed at the idea that I used that name. They're like Jandre, ha 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 and I don't think they even recognize why I I used it. It wasn't like I made yeah. the name up. Yeah, it's not a made up name. That's my full name, guys. For those who don't know, my full name is Jandre, so that's why I go by JD. But anyway, God yeah, bless you all. Podcast. And peace. You can't continue to go by Tombs Empty, bro. People have to know who you are. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. But yeah, we are back <laughs> Monday night. We are live on. TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook now. Facebook has been added to the uh, to the group of things that we go live on. And this thing is growing, guys. A lot of stuff is coming. Um, I've been looking into a lot of stuff with uh, with the website and what we can provide. And the Discord is growing, but and the Bible reading is going. So it's just it's so much excitement. So busy, <laughs> but but it's worth it. But tonight I wanted to talk about something. And um, I, I, I posted a story uh, announcing this and said, if you have come back to the Lord after being raised in Christianity and then falling away a little bit, this is the episode that you really need to uh, take a look at. Because tonight we're going to talk about the foundation of our faith. And why is that important? It's important because sometimes people leave what they were raised in, but when they come back, they don't go back to the foundation. They go back to where they left at. And if they were built on bad foundation to start, well, all they did is come back and start rebuilding on that poor foundation. Um, yeah. and, and tonight's verse that I really want to focus on is that Matthew 7 verse. I don't even have my Bible ready, JD. I apologize. I'm a failure. I understand it. I need to do better. We all are. We all are. Thank, thank, thank the Lord for his truth and the fact that we are <laughs> all failures and we all fall short to the glory of God. So praise the Lord for that. So I am busy. I am busy making a couple couple of videos on TikTok. One one is about a, a you know I saw a comment um, about you having lost the plot. So I'm busy with the <laughs> I'm busy with a video reply. Oh, you that. saw that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely busy with that because again, the irony like, is that that comment came right after I shared with you that atheist comment about following me on purpose to yeah. mock me, and so I thought it was funny how. On one side, you have opposition, even though they call themselves Christians, it's an, it's an, the way that they are addressing things behind my back, too, because I saw the comment, too. It was on Blake's page. It had nothing to do with me. I wasn't tagged or anything. It was just yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about me um, that they probably didn't expect Blake to be like, bro, what are you saying? Like, what, are you, yeah, what did you thought was exactly. going to happen? Come over here trying to yeah. tear down someone else. Yeah, I, I just look at it as a as a very good teaching moment, as uh, in a sense of choosing our words carefully, because if we look at the statement "lost the plot," what does it mean to have lost the plot? Um, and again, saying someone has lost the plot because you don't agree with the way they approach things is is a 
complete misuse of words in that instance. Um, and I can probably guarantee that he hasn't emailed you directly or messaged you directly trying to reach yeah. out and say, yo, Mike, uh, don't agree with how you approached X, Y, or Z. Um, and uh, this is this is the problem. That's why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use it as a, um, a good moment to teach on how we, again, use our words even when we disagree. So Amen. what up? And what, what matters, right? This is why I made that video about bearing fruit, right? I made that video because I really wanted to, to talk about how people get so caught up on what kind of fruit someone is bearing and not whether it's healthy fruit. Because we don't all like the same fruits, right? And fruits come in different ways. And even Jesus represented these fruits by talking about figs. And then he has another one where he talks about uh, a different type of fruit. I don't remember off the top of my head, which shows us is we're not talking about the same type. Like it's not supposed to look the same from everybody. But what is it about fruit that they all share? A nutritional value that it's good for you. Like you can eat it and it can provide nutrition and substance. That's what fruit is. It's, you might not like my fruits, and that's true. You might not like them based on your personal preference, but your judgment should be on, are they good fruits? See, there's a difference between what you like and what is good. Just be very honest about it. There's a lot of things I don't like that are good. I don't like certain styles of evangelism that does not make them good styles. I don't like them. I'm not a fan of it, right? Same thing with styles of worship. I don't like doing this. You'll never see Mike hands up doing this. I don't disagree with you doing them. If that's yeah. what you feel, if you want to raise them hands up, I don't like it. So my hands are down. In fact, I usually not singing. I'm praying in that moment because I like to have my time with the Lord when, when there's worship happening. But the problem is, like I said, people nowadays want their, want the standard to be their preference. Like, oh, well, Amen, man. you're doing it. Amen. So they're wrong. And that's a good, that's a good, that actually sets the tone for what we're going to be speaking about tonight. We, we're going to be discussing in depth the foundation of the Christian. What is the foundation? What is the prophesied foundation? I mean, we even, we even see the, the prophets Jeremiah, the prophets um, Isaiah, both speak about the Gentiles and, and how Christ would be their foundation. Paul putting you know, reiterating that as we've gone through many a time on this podcast is one Corinthians chapter three. We've, <laughs> we've gone through that so yeah. many times. There's certain passages <laughs> I feel like, yeah, we just there, but I mean, let's be honest. Tonight's topic is just as much the foundation as it is eternal security. We will talk yeah. about eternal security in every play in every video, because what you guys, what some people don't realize is that's a part of the attribute of God keeping his word, keeping his promises. And if we understand what the foundation of Christ is, like 1 Corinthians 3 says, oh, you know what? Let's let's wait to get there because I, I want to do this. Let's read. I have on screen uh, uh, Matthew. Let me go ahead and make the text a little bit bigger. I love it because, you know, I've been, I keep it big for you guys and I keep logging in to do my own personal studies. And I'm like, this is ridiculously big. I don't need it like that. But then I remember I do it for you guys to be able to really read along with us. So Matthew 7, we see in this, Jesus gives us uh, multiple two options, right? So let, let me show you what I mean. Starting with a tree. So he does three. He does a tree. He says, I never knew you. And in it, um, oh, well, sorry. And then build your house on a rock. Where's the narrow path? It should be, oh, the, this right here. All right, so three things that he mentions where there's two options, one and the other. Here we have the narrow path, and then you have, the wide path. So you have two. There's no third option, right? One or the other. Then he has the tree. You either bear good fruit or bad fruit. 
but I love the one he ends with because this uses that 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 symbology that we see all throughout scripture, the rock, right? And he says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had Ooh. been founded on the rock. Why did the house not fall? Because it had been founded on the rock. Did the house not fall because you built it properly? Did the house not fall because you up kept it properly? Did the house not fall because what you did? Or is it because it was on the rock? And then it says, everyone who hears these words and of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and the, and the beat and they beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. You see the rock being Christ, when you build your foundation on him, you will not fall. You, you, people love to say, uh, the scripture says, he who endures will be saved. Absolutely, because he who builds on the rock will endure. <laughs> yeah, amen. Absolutely, amen. I agree with he who endures will be saved. That's not Jesus saying you can lose your salvation. He's saying the ones who build on me will endure and they will be saved. You will know them because they will endure. Sorry, yeah. I love this passage, J.D. The, the problem the problem with that word endurance it's 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 often taken out of context it's often not understood uh, we we even see paul say to us that in in latter times people will not endure sound teaching so again we look at just the the greek definition and meaning for the word endure and we see that this is this is not just this doesn't mean that you have to push through to the end always this is this is this is multiple 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 meanings and one of the meanings we see for endurance is being able to sit and let the word of god correct you uh, the word of god has to be the foundation for the christian uh, we we've, we've got christians running around running around out there saying they don't believe the bible is inerrant they don't believe that the bible is completely god's word um by adapting this mindset and and saying okay I can take from the Bible what I want to take from the Bible. We we've already erred from the truth. And, and this is a big, big problem we see, especially on TikTok, is so many self-proclaimed apostles and, and prophets um, who, who claim to be speaking on behalf of God, yet they can't even they can't even put together the gospel. They don't even know what it means to be saved. They can't even tell their audience how to be saved when asked the simple question, what is the gospel? And you see, that's where we know what the priority is. And this is, so someone asked me right before I went live. So if you're coming from TikTok, you may have saw this video because sometimes when you're live, it'll pump that video. But someone asked me, JD, what is my opinion or what is my thoughts on the Christian versus atheist uh, debates we see on live streams? And I said, my thoughts are, I think they're absolutely counterproductive for what the intent is. Because what happens is people become obsessed with debating and it's about winning debates and not getting the gospel heard. Yeah. It's about how do I shut down this Muslim and show I'm I know more. Yeah. And that's Pretty not sure. our our purpose should never be to win debates. Like even when you're debating, it's to let the gospel be known, let the truth be known. Amen. Amen. It's always for the soul. It's always for the soul. We're 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 at war for souls. We're we're fishing for souls. There, it doesn't matter which way you look at it, we're searching to pull people from the flame. This is this is the the heart of a true Christian is I know what's coming. 
I know what's coming. I love the comment that was that was made by our, our mutual brother in Christ, Brando, on on one on on the video I made stitching Mike. You know, he says if his house is on fire, and his neighbor comes in and wakes him up rudely by throwing water on his face and pulling him out of bed, grabbing him by the scruff of the neck and dragging him out the burning house, he's not going to be upset or offended because of the way he was woken up. He was just yeah. saved from the fire. So this mm -hmm. is the problem. We're so seeker sensitive that uh, you've got to speak in a certain tone in order for me to relate to you. You've got to yeah. be friendly in order for me to relate to you. Um, and love is misconstrued for um, being nice. We're not yeah. called to be nice. Thou this shalt is, be nice. Yeah, that's the 11th commandment, according to Vodi. I mean, we, we see this is the generation we live in. If I tell you the truth, and I tell you the truth directly, without a smile on my face, it is because it's time that the message is urgent for that specific individual. And, and this is why I don't debate atheists on my page, because most of the TikTok atheists have already created the straw man arguments. They've already mm -hmm. drawn the line in the sand. They've already made their conclusions. Nothing I say is going to carry any weight with that person's mindset because his worldview is corrupted. His worldview is corrupted. And again, coming back to the topic, this is why a sure foundation, a true foundation is the pinnacle for the Christian. Yeah, absolutely. And so JD mentioned the word endure and, and its meaning. So I went ahead and brought it up. It's hypomente, uh, hypomenete, sorry. And its meaning could be to remain behind, which we see in Luke 2.43 and Acts 17.14. And then it also can mean in its secondary definition, absolutely, I stand my ground. Um, mm -hmm. or, or to show that you've endured. So it could be an, an expression of, of what you have endured, right? So there's no guarantee this, depending on the context, this could also, this could be used in a sense of that you already have endured. Um, and then yeah. it also has in persecution, uh, uh, amid per, or it could be amid persecution. Um, and then I endure or bear up. And, and I brought up Hebrews 12 because if we're going to talk about the foundation, one of the things that me and JD have been trying to bring up a little bit more because I really think we don't talk about it enough. And that's sanctification, because if we forget the role of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in the believer, then we're going to have these questions like, what if that guy goes and does X, Y and Z? All these what if questions reject the idea of sanctification, if you really think about it. If I preach our, uh, that we're, we have a grounded foundation in Christ that cannot be broken, someone will say, well, what if that person walks away from the faith? That would imply sanctification failed, right? Jay? Like if whether or not we say it, wouldn't that imply that person's sanctification failed? You have to. Yeah. So then we have to ask, okay, who sanctifies? What part do we play in our sanctification? Does the Holy Spirit fail at sanctifying? And the word of God tells us no. The word of God emphasizes over and over again. In fact, here it tells us that it is for discipline that you have to endure. So the endurance that we see sometimes in scripture isn't even about your salvation, but your discipline. And when you ask, well, what's the discipline for? It tells you at the bottom of this passage that the mo for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Does it say... Oh. Does it say it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who endure and make it through? No, because Amen, you will man. get there. He's going to get, it might hurt more. 
And like it says, in the moment, you might not like it because you keep pushing yeah. back against God, but he's going to get you there. It's like boot camp. The more you push back, yeah. the harder life's going to be, but you're all going to get to the end the same way. You're all going to be the yeah. same when you get to the end. Exactly. And that's what Amen. we're called for endurance for. Amen. 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 And amen again, because this is, this is the, the hardest thing for us as human beings is, is to be conformed to the image of God. Mm -hmm. We do not want to be the clay. Get that in your head right now. Everybody wants to be the potter. I'm the master of my own destiny. I control my own fate. I know, look at the generation. And this is the narrative that's been jammed into in, since we were children. Every sitcom, every show, every billboard, every T-shirt, everything was about you being your best, you living your best life. And, yeah. and this is completely contrary to the gospel. The Make gospel it on your says, own. Do it on your yeah, own. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no picking up your cross. There's no self-denial. There's, there's no leave it all at the altar and follow Christ. And this is... This is the this is why we say the foundation. Anyone who has misunderstood the foundation is going to misunderstand the walk because we will mm. be chastised. We will fall short of the glory. There will be better days than other days. And ultimately, we can look back on these times of endurance and say, I can see how God worked that to get me here. Amen. And, and so I love that JD mentions this. So this is the point of the episode today. And I'm really hoping that we had people tune in as I requested that are in that category. By the way, I totally forgot to do this. So because I don't want to be rude. Hey, TikTok, forgot to say hi to you. Um, <laughs> my bad, guys. So we are live on YouTube, as it says on the background. If you want to join in, in the conversation, you want to see the Bible on screen, you want to see the JD, you want to see the conversations that we're having in the chat room, you got to come over to YouTube to watch it. Same thing with you guys watching on Facebook. If you are, uh, the live stream doesn't see anything happening outside of YouTube. You're just allowed to kind of peek in, get a preview of it. And if you enjoy it, by all means, come join us and, and make this a thing. We do it twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, 830 Central. But um, I asked people, if you've, if you've recently come back to the Lord, please come tonight. And I think that one of the strongest things that I did, and what's crazy, J.D., is I don't, I don't, I didn't realize I was doing this when I came back to the Lord. But looking back, as I've been working on what I'm writing, because this is part of what I'm writing as well, I did this because it felt like it was necessary to do, but I didn't even know what I was doing. And what it is, is, when you return to whatever faith you have been built up on, before you begin the journey, you got to go back and do a little demo. You've got to go back and pull up some walls and check the wiring, right? If we talk about the house being built on the rock and we being that house, right? We got to go back and, and take a look and just make sure is everything up to code? Did I properly, is the foundation good before I keep adding on it? Because if you go back and you fail to check that foundation and you realize your foundation was never actually set in the right place. You never truly understood the gospel or maybe you never truly understood what, what it means to, uh, uh, you know, pursue Christ. And what is it I'm pursuing? As J.D. mentioned, if you're not built on the foundation, everything after that's going to get wonky. Everything. And this is why we have a lot of people that struggle with certain yeah. things because they're not built on that foundation. And if they're not built on that foundation, some things are like, I don't understand. And that's because, again, we're missing this important information about who God is. And that's the foundation of Christ. So that's what we want to talk about tonight for sure. Amen. Um, so Amen. I love 1 Corinthians 3, how it talks about that foundation. So I would love to just hit this real quick. 
Paul mentions something. He says, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So if you have that foundation of Christ, I will say this now, nobody can remove it. The Bible makes this clear, just like Christ said, that if the house is on the rock, it will not fall no matter what. Yeah. That's that. Amen. He's that rock. But when we build upon that foundation, those things can be tested up. Those things can go through certain trials because what we build upon that foundation can be improper. And this is that question of well, what about the Christians that truly know Christ, but then they start following these false doctrines? Well, they're building upon that foundation with terrible things that will put them into what's known as discipline from the Lord. And we'll read it here. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Yeah. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. That foundation is not going anywhere. And if you are in Christ, you are in Christ. But just like we talked mm. about in Hebrews 12, when you push back again against what the Spirit's trying to do to you, things are going to get rough. That is true. Don't let anybody tell you that being a Christian is a cakewalk. I don't know about you, JD. Has your, has your walk with the Lord been easy? Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Let me just. No, no. no. <laughs> Someone actually said to me recently, JD, um, they commented saying, hey, I have a whole new respect for you because they started doing content. And they said they had some guy like become a stalker, make 20 videos about them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, welcome to the fun. And, oh, yeah. I don't yeah. even open up my uh, when you can separate your notifications by like comments, likes and tags. I don't even open up the tags one sometimes. It's like, yeah, I'm not in the mood. Not yeah. in the mood to see my face over someone's background and someone be like, this guy's stupid. Yeah. And this is this is one of the like you, most people admit verse 16. Look at verse 16. Do you not know? that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you. Paul poses this question. Why does he pose this question? So if you go to Isaiah, you go to Isaiah chapter 28 um, in verse 16, we see, um, and obviously I always read from the KJV, but he says, therefore, uh, thus saith fine, the Lord fine, God. Fine, JD, fine, JD. What? What's fine? I'll put the KJV on screen. There we go. So we, we see this. Oh, oh, Look what see. Verse 16. <laughs> what, what chapter was that again? 2816. <laughs> All right, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. My bad. My bad. My bad. See, the KJV's got some bad stuff with it on my on the thing. Okay, let me stop talking. Look at look at what it says there. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation mm. he that believeth shall not make haste so just with that verse why can paul say this there has been a foundation laid no other man can lay a foundation contrary to the foundation which has been laid this is also again not to digress too much but this is also why We'll say, Mike and I will die on the wall where we say there are no prophets or apostles today. The foundation has been laid. The canon is closed. Christ is the only mediator between God and man. God no longer uses men to tell other men what his will is, what his plans are. His word is completely sufficient for the believer completely sufficient. So, this is why we look at passages like this that fulfillment 
of scripture has come into play. Jesus Christ, what does Peter say to, 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 the, to the religious leaders in Acts? The stone which you rejected in Acts chapter 4 has now become the cornerstone. Amen. So and, and because, these guys knew. Yeah, they knew what the prophets had spoken about, and they were reiterating what had already been prophesied. This is the difference. Not, no, you uh, keep talking when I'm drinking. When you see me drinking, think, just keep talking. <laughs> I think I feel, um, and this is just just last, you know, the last thing I'm going to say. I used to do this. I used to fall for this trap when I was a young believer in my early teens. I used to backslide weekly. I used to walk down to every altar call, recommit my life to Christ, parrot the same prayer, ask Jesus to come live in my heart once again, because somehow he left in the week when I was swearing like a trooper and drinking like a fish. Um, yeah. and, and, and here's the reality. I'll tell you now, and I'm not saying my life experience is everyone else's, but I can tell you right now, for all the years I've played church, I never truly believed. I played church. I went there. I, I, I did the thing. <laughs> But it, it, it wasn't it wasn't of, of a, a true repented heart. I didn't really change my mind and believe that Jesus Christ became the propitiation for sin. I didn't believe that Jesus Christ was my Lord and Savior. I was never saved. That's Amen. just me. Amen. Because you mentioned it about, you know, God. Uh, I mean, we've mentioned it a couple of times about God sanctifying, God working. I figured it'd be, there's no better place to go. And we were already in Isaiah than Isaiah uh, 43. And I even got the King James up for you, JD. I'm going to read it in the King James language. I, even I am the Lord. And besides me, there is no savior. Mm. That's a big one right there. Just right off the bat, you're not saving yourself. That, that means you're not – because you don't get his glory. I don't think people realize this. When you believe in any types, uh, type of salvation where you have to earn it, and I don't care what nobody says, you can you, – look at me. Let me lower the Bible for a second because I want to talk to the uh, my brothers and sisters that I love that believe you can lose your salvation. Look at me. I'm going to make myself as big as I can real quick. You know what? JD, JD can be little. You know what? Let's just make him little real quick. Hold on. I think I can do that, right? <laughs> there we go. Look at me. You believe in a, in a, in a workspace salvation. You don't get to say no to that. And here's why. If you have to do something to attain it, then you are earning it. If you have it, but you could lose it and you have to keep a certain condition, like there's a condition to it, it's conditional, then, then you've earned it. Like if you go your whole life, if you can get to the end and say, whew, I did it, then you earned it. If you can get to the end and be like, whew, I didn't mess this up, then you earned it. So no offense. Just own it because that's what you do. You believe in something that's earned. It might have been free when you first got it, I guess. But no matter what, you don't really get saved until you stand before the Lord. And if you have to make sure you don't mess up before you get there, then you earned it. So with that being said, I'll make JD back normal size because I guess he deserves to be up here with me. A little something like that. Okay. Right. Um, listen, <laughs> if you have to earn your salvation, you are actually taking God's glory from him. Think, let me let me explain this to you. You are literally mocking his his his. I don't know what word I want to use for it. Like him, his savingness. How what word would that be? I don't know. His glory. We'll stick with glory. And here's what why. Because if his you salvation. play any part in it, yeah. if you play any part in it, that's something he didn't play a part in. You get what I'm saying? If you have to cooperate with God. 
then that means you he you have a percentage of your salvation and therefore all glory is not on him. You have to admit that there's a percentage of that glory on you. Well, no, because without him, I wouldn't be able to be saved. Yes, but without you, he wouldn't be able to save you. I can, it's, it goes both ways. You could try and yeah. say, yeah, but without him, like he still had to start it. Yeah, 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 but you had to finish it. That's the difference. No matter what, without your participation, he can't save you. That's what you believe. That, that he, if you mess this up, then he, even if he wants you, he would have to watch you fade away and say, my child, and watch you fade to hell. Like as if someone who God does not want to go to hell can go to hell. I, yeah. Just being honest. I am the savior. Besides me, there is no one. Then listen, I have declared and have saved. I have shooed, shooed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, ye are my witness, saith the Lord. That I am God. Yeah, before the day was I am he. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I I will work and who shall, this KJV, and who shall let it. Who shall let it. Let's let's read English now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Also, henceforth, I am he. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work and who can turn it back? So I I go back to the original question, guys. If you're being sanctified and you don't reach the end, who failed? That's that's I ask people all the time when they believe in, you know, losing your salvation. I just want to ask them if you started off saved and you didn't get saved, who failed? Because they want to say they failed. But the Bible is contrary to that because it says he's begun that work and he'll finish it. Are you Amen. saying you're capable of stopping God, even though it says none, none can turn back what I do? Yeah. Is is him saving you? J.D., real quick question. Is God saving me something he does? So then how can I turn it back? Yeah. If the Bible says I can't turn back anything he works. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Also, what Jesus Christ says does, I think, in Matthew 28, where he says, I know my sheep. Um, and no one can pluck no one can pluck those who god have given me out of my hands no i like it i like it in john 10 so i went there just because i know exactly where it's at here um i am the good shepherd i know my own and my own know me and what you're talking about he says again later on down here when he says um i told you and you do not believe the works uh, that i do in my father's name bear witness about me but you do not believe me because you are not among my sheep my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. And I love the fact that the Holy Spirit understands grammar and I don't think the Holy Spirit would divinely inspire these men to use absolute terms when an absolute term is not necessary. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe maybe I'm reaching out in a limb thinking the Holy Spirit understands grammar. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Right. Um, <laughs> I love verse 30, though. I and the Father are one. I mean, there, oh, there we go. No, but JD, now, now someone's going to come in here and say, see, the Trinity's a lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we always we have those anti-Trinitarians. Like I said, I slipped up the other day and I went into a live and I slipped into the flesh a bit. Um, <laughs> I lost it a little bit with these uh, modalists. Oh, um, 
and I just bounced. I just bounced. I shouldn't have gone on to begin with, but um, I just asked them to explain Matthew 3, 16 and 17 to me, and, and they couldn't. Um, and, and that's generally the case. That's generally the case. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back to <laughs> All right. So now that, we, now that we've kind of talked about that stuff, I want to lower this down. I just have a discussion with me and JD. Y'all know we, we go to the Bible all the time, but let's just have a discussion real quick about that foundation. What, what, is, what should your foundation be in? What are some of the musts that we as Christians should believe and without believing or knowing can cause struggle down the line? And really, I believe the attributes of who God is, that God is just, God is, and not just in a cliche, but like God is just, God is love, right? What do these things mean that he is absolute, that he is never changing? And what is it that saves us? So first and foremost, what is it that saves us, JD? I'm going to let you, I talk so much. So I'm going to let you, you want to give the gospel real quick? Like, let's talk about yeah. the gospel for those listening. Yeah, that's the what first step the I was going to say. You As get you started. Free? Let me see. Can I make myself disappear while, while my voice is still here? I can. <laughs> Hold on. I can make you solo. Oh, that's the wrong solo. Solo. Here we and go. This is, can still hear this me? Is, I can annoy you? Yeah, you can. And this is this is ultimately it. <laughs> we 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 have to first step is is believe the gospel. What is the gospel? One Corinthians fifteen. Paul breaks it down very nicely for us. He gives us a full gospel description, believing that Christ Jesus died for our sins, that He was buried, and that He rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. What does He say in in, in one Corinthians fifteen verse seventeen? If Christ is not raised, then you are yet in your sins. Your faith is in vain. Your belief is in vain. Everything is in vain. So the first step is believing the gospel. The second step is believing that God speaks perfectly through his word and that his word is perfectly preserved. You may speak, sir. You may speak. <laughs> You're on mute. You're on mute. Good, because the Lord knew I was going to get angry at you. You're jumping too far. You jumped into, into Sola Scriptura. Hold on now. If y'all are listening, listen to me. If when you came to the Lord, it was any of the following, I need you to hear the next things I say. One, if you're a Christian, from the, if you can't remember when you came to the Lord because you were so young that you were just a Christian because you were in a Christian house, that's, I'm talking to you. If you did an altar call, if you had, if you said a prayer, uh, like a, a, a sinner's prayer, if you, if you were like seven, these types of situations, I'm not saying you're not saved. Listen, but I've noticed when I come across those people, some of them feel like they're so proud. Like they, they don't want to admit that maybe they didn't know what they were doing when they first came to him. And I think sometimes that prevents you from asking yourself, did I come to him saying, what does Romans 10, 9 say? Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, right? But let, let me open up the scriptures um, for anybody new, even though I feel like I can say this and most of you that have been watching this for a while would know that I'm telling the truth. But I like to go ahead and confirm it. The words in Romans 10 are important because the Greek is what matters to me. If you confess. So first we come across this first word, which is confess. And in the Greek, if I can get it to go right there on screen. I lost it. Ah, confess. Homologesis. And at the bottom, I see what? I agree with the statement of another. I promise. I publicly declare and then there's one more, and then I confess, right? So this is this is like an allegiance. This is, uh, oh, look, right down, if you look below, actually, it tells you the equivalent to, and then it says uh, Matthew 10, 32, Luke 12, 8, and then 1 Timothy 6, 12, it has of confessing allegiance to Jesus before an earthly law court, right? So this word confess can mean a lot. So it's not just being like, dear Jesus, 
I believe that you're the Lord of my heart and I invite you into my heart. Save me. And why do I say that this matters if that's how you came to the Lord? Because if you never came to him in a deep Lord, like Lord, you are the Lord of my life. You are the, I need you. I, I, I can't do this. Maybe even in tears. I would beg you to do that. Don't be proud to think I've been saved. Go to him tonight and say, Lord, you know what? I, this relationship, I maybe I never even came to you the way I should, Lord. But tonight yeah. I come to you and I give you my life. Tonight I say, Lord, no more of this playing this game. No more of me thinking about my, today is the new day. Today is the day of salvation. Yesterday means nothing, Lord. Today I start my journey with you. Every one of us should be saying this every day to him. Lord, today I start this journey with you because today is what matters. And then he says, Believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave. But I've told you before that this word pistis or pistisu or pistine, depending on what's written, is beautiful. It means to believe a person or statement made by a person. Generally, this word is usually used how, this way. I place or repose my trust on either God or the Messiah. I rely on them. I, I commit my life to them. I believe in, I believe on, I cast myself upon them as stable and trustworthy with energy of faith. This word believe is not just a, I think. And why do I, look, I meet a lot of people that deconstruct. And when you talk to them about what they believed, they're like, yeah, I believe that Jesus is God. Did you? That's cool. Demons believe that too. Like, let's just be honest. I've asked people on the streets, what's the gospel? And they said, oh, it's to invite Jesus in your heart. No, let me tell you guys right now, the Bible never once tells you to invite Jesus into your heart because your no heart is the heart of stone that needs to be cast out of your chest. You need to invite Jesus to remove your heart and give me a new one. If you really want to get biblical on the matter, Lord, take this sinful heart from me and give me a heart of flesh and put your spirit in me. If you really like if we're going to write a proper sinner's prayer, it should be, Lord, I confess that I am a sinner and that I need a savior and I need it. I need to die to self. Like if you really want to talk about what the sinner's prayer should say, if we're going to have us a prayer that's that's necessary right i'm saying this because building that foundation on what it means to come to him on your knees the scripture says godly grief produces a sal uh, i'm sorry produces a repentance that leads to salvation yeah come amen. to him in in understanding who you are and that you need him so okay yeah. now you can continue with second timothy 3 16 I mean, and this is this is again just on that topic. This is also why nowhere in the Bible will we find a verse that says, "Make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior." Like that, He is God. He's God overall. Whether it's whether it's believed or not believed, doesn't make Him any less God. He doesn't need to be your personal. He's not a chaperone. He's not a butler. He's he's like he, you know, it's it's you don't make Him your personal anything. He is See, I, I get what people mean when they say it, but it bothers me so much. I'll be honest with you, because yeah, sometimes man, it, like it. it really feels like they think like he's my I've seen people say my Jesus. And like again, I get what they're doing, but like, I don't know, bothers me because it's almost like yeah, I don't need to share the gospel. If you don't want my Jesus, I want my Jesus. I love my Jesus, et cetera, et cetera. Like, and it's just my Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus. And, and that that bothers me. Yeah, sure. He's your personal Lord and Savior. That's fine. But he's also the Lord and Savior of the world. As long as you don't forget that part. He's not just your yeah. Lord and Savior. He loves them just as much as he loves you. And I, I saw this the other day on one of the, in your comments on one of your videos you made. Um, I love to read the comments. And I saw a comment saying, I love Jesus, 
but I am really, really terrified of going to hell. And, and here's, here's what I want to say about that. Here's what I want to say about that. Do not let your fear of hell supersede your fear of God. If fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, re having reverence for who God is, is, is what I see a lot of Christians running around like, I, I, I serve God because I don't want to go to hell. Like, that's not why we are Christians. We're not Christians because we don't want to go to hell. We are Christians because we recognize that there is one God who created all things for him. All things were created by him. All things were created. He came, took on the flesh, died on the cross for what I deserve, rose from the grave, has resurrected to the right hand of the Father and will return as a judge over the living and the dead that is why we serve jesus christ not because i'm scared to go to hell that is man i'm telling you right now jd you're hitting all my pet peeves tonight i can't stand when when christians have so many questions about hell well is hell like this is hell like that bro why do you care i could care yeah. less people mike are you an annihilist or do you believe it's eternal uh no matter what is eternally not with god like whether yeah. they're conscious or not in it, it's eternally not with God. Not my question. Don't care about it. Like my yeah. pursuit is on God. And if I fail that pursuit, then I'll find out in that moment. If I, and, yeah. and obviously I don't believe that we could fail it because it's not our job to, but my point is in that hypothetical that people want to create, if I find out I did not do enough because I had to do something, or if I find out I lost it, whatever it be. Yeah. I'm not pursuing God to earn anything. I'm just pursuing God. I'm just serving God. Don't look at it like a job because then you're worried about what if this happens? Just say, Lord, I trust you. You are just, and I will pursue you. There's this yeah. weird obsession. And yeah, I've seen people say things like that too. Like Lust. I'm scared of going yeah. to hell. Like, bro, do you, do you walk around? Like I'm scared of going to jail. Well, what if I murder somebody? Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or wake up every single moment of every, imagine you were growing up. Like, just I want to paint this analogy. Imagine you growing up, you know your mom, you know your dad, and every single morning when you wake up, you 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 just go into the room and go, uh, just want to double check, y'all are still my parents, and you're not going to throw me out in the street today. That and, and this is this is kind of how people approach the throne of Jesus Christ. Like every day waking up, like oof, I need a little bit more reassurance to know that I am His. I need a little bit more proof. I, I, I need to be able to see something. I need to be able to touch something. Faith is the, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen is what we see in Hebrews 11 verse 1. So you cannot, you cannot have faith in Christ and then still seek a sign or a miracle or a wonder. We see this in 1 Corinthians as well. See, for the Jews seek after signs and, and, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Today, it is no different. The Gentiles of today are still seeking after wisdom outside of God's inerrant word of truth. If you are seeking for wisdom outside of what God has already declared to be true, you will be deceived. And here's the worst part. It's self-deceiving because you believe that you can find something outside of God's word that is relevant to your life today. Mm -hmm. Wrong. Here's the perfect answer for those people, though. Uh, the comment that you talked about by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, confidence for the day of judgment. As he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love 
casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And this is something rough for you because you might say, well, wait a minute, I fear. Then you haven't been perfected in love. What does that mean to be perfected in love? I truly mean, I I truly believe that means fully understanding salvation and what Jesus did. Because check it it. out. If you don't truly understand the love that Christ has for you, what he did on the cross, the atonement and the finished work, then you think you might lose salvation. I have to do something, et cetera, et cetera. And you're like, well, what if I go to hell? But if you truly understand how much Jesus loves his his followers and, and saves them, and his work is complete, it is finished, then how could you fear anything? How could yeah. you fear absolutely anything? You know your value in the king. Like, let's be honest. If if the president knew your name, I'm using the president because that's what we understand as America. Like, imagine if not only did the president know your name, but he knew you personally. He loved to call you. He actually considers you like a son. And let's pretend this is a president you like. Again, the, this analogy really requires you to like this person. But the point is, would you care if some random dude on the street was like, yeah, well, you're a bum. Like, bro, the king knows me or the president. The president looks at me this way, like as valuable to his to his country. Again, really not a good comparison because of our political situation. But hierarchy wise, who cares what anybody thinks about you if you know how God views you? Yeah, like I don't know about you, but I could care less what the creation thinks when the creator is like, that's what I made you for. You don't determine my value, nor do you determine my purpose. But yet Mm. we allow people in the world to tell us what our purpose is when they're not the ones who created us. Yeah. And, and, And this is this is the thing. We've got so many Christians being tossed to and fro because you're relying on your emotions. You're relying on your feelings. And, and, and the, the prophet Isaiah says it very clearly to us that in Isaiah 10, I think it is, where he says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Um, we, we cannot rely on our feelings. And here's the problem. And I'm seeing it again. It's like it's like every quarter, like every three to four months, I see these. There's the algorithm on TikTok, like, changes and i get all of these prophets popping up on live streams and they're all about the season you're going to go through a season there's a season of repentance uh there's a revival happening there's a season of financial breakthrough there's a seizure you know it's all these seasons season 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 all the time you're going through these seasons christians are going through these seasons yeah i can also i can also spit that and and guess what i'm gonna i'm gonna hit i'm gonna hit something I'm going to hit, you know, and, and, and there's a saying that even a blind squirrel can find a nut every once in a while. So it's, 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 it's not, it, it, this is not from God. You know, season, season, seasons, you know, I, I, I foresee and I, God has shown me a season and God revealed to me this. Guys, stop being tossed to and fro about this kind of preaching. It's a self-centered, deceitful, manipulative teaching. So why have you come to Christ then? And I see people, amen, I'm going to get my life. I've literally seen commenters go, amen, I'm going to get my life right with God. Oh, A bad foundation. Yeah. You see now, because now you're going to get your life right with God because there's a promise of financial breakthrough, because there's a promise of a better season. The Bible promises the complete opposite, dear friends. The Bible says you will be hated for his namesake. The Bible says you will go through trials and tribulations. The Bible says this world will hate you, but do not fear the world 
for Christ has overcome the world. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Amen. I'm not a child of the world. I'm a child of the living God. Christians need to stop relying on I feel, I think, theology, and what does the word of God say? What does it say? Done. Good job. <laughs> and with that, number two of your foundation, 2 Timothy 3.16. And not just 3.16, I recommend all of three in today's society. Why all three? Because three is really describing a lot of things that you should probably keep your eyes open for. So let's just go read it real quick. And we're not going to take too much time in breaking it down because, you know, me and JD could spend probably an entire podcast episode on 2 Timothy 3 alone. Let me close the Greek so we can, oh gosh, let me make the text bigger for the blind people reading this. Also me, since I don't have my glasses on. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come time of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure, Rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but, but denying its power, avoid such people. Real quick, notice how he ends this by saying having the appearance of godliness, but denying such power or but, but denying its power. This isn't just the world he's talking about. He's not just talking about the world. Promise you he's not. He's also talking about those like Archbishop Snake in the Grass, appearance of godliness, but denying its power. False prophets, demons can be, Christians can have demons. You got to keep coming back for more deliverance. Workspace teachers, you can lose salvation. Jesus didn't save you enough. Come on back and get more blood. Because then what does he says? For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth. That's a bar right there. Always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. And why do we think that? Because if you're aiming at the wrong thing, no matter how much you learn in that direction, you've learned nothing. I've actually shared this before when people ask about studying, right, with sermons and scripture and, and the Bible. And I tell them that, you know, just listening to sermons and just listening to debates and just listening to podcasts, you, you're not going to just, I mean, you have to be targeted on what am I trying to learn? What am I seeking? What am I looking for? And that's how you continue to learn. Now, listen to what he says. He, he describes a couple of these kinds of people real quick. And then where I really want, like every young Christian should like really look at, and that's second Timothy three ten through the end of the chapter, he's talking to Timothy and Paul's about to die. In case you're not aware of the context here, Paul is literally in prison, um, and he knows he's about to literally get killed. Like I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. There's no metaphor here. He's he's going to die, and this is his final message to Timothy, to whom he's basically a father in the spirit for. Like he has been, he raised him in the in the spiritual uh, uh, teaching and his faith and everything. And he says, "You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct." my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystria, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be 
persecuted. So final message isn't like, imagine the, imagine this message for a second. Like I want you to think about this for a second. If you will be, if you're, if you're about to die and you can make one phone call, do you think you're going to be like, Hey, they about to kill me for preaching this gospel. So I just want to talk to you real quick. Make sure you get out there and preach that gospel. They're going to try and kill you too. So go do it until they kill you. Make sure you set someone else up to keep preaching that gospel too, until they kill him full on. Let's do it. He's not like, Hey, Timothy, be careful. Be careful because, like, you don't want to die. No, no, no. Go preach the gospel. Don't worry. They're going to try and get you. And then listen what he says. Does he say, therefore, lean on men. Therefore, lean on apostles. Therefore, lean on Peter and his successors. Therefore, lean on the Pope. Therefore, lean on these, this. No, what does he say? What does he say? He says, um, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, but as for you, Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. And that word right there in the Greek for complete can also mean perfect, which means it's saying the scriptures can perfect you. You reach that point? Maybe not (laughs) because you're not glorified. You're still in the flesh, but it has what's necessary for it. Like, let's be very honest. We can't be perfect, but does the Bible not tell you how to be? Yes, because the Bible describes to you the characteristics of God, what his law demonstrates who God is. So can, can the Bible... Make someone perfect? Yeah, if they're capable, but we know that in this, we're not, as Romans 8 says. The scriptures, and this is what J.D. was about to talk about uh, before I rudely cut him off and told him to go back in on uh, whatever else we were talking about. Your foundation to understand that the scripture is where you rely on, not well, this person said something that sounded really good. Or, man, I was, you know, over here and I had this feeling, right? This is what the Mormons do. They tell you, go home, pray about it, and look for that burning in the bosom. Let me tell you right now, if you ate, if I eat spaghetti, I, tomatoes give me a burning in the bosom right here, too. It yeah, hurt. Yeah. Burning. Yeah. Um, so I hope that that night I didn't read The Antichrist by Frederick Nietzsche, because that would be a rough situation. Like, mm, are you? That's you, Frederick, Freddie? Uh We don't look for feelings. Also, the danger of looking for feelings is when you don't feel something, you feel alone. You feel like God abandoned you. You feel like God turned his back on you. We we know that God has promised, and we know that God is not a liar, and we know that God fulfills his promises. So therefore, we find hope in his promises, not in his presence. Amen. Amen. I'll be right back. Okay. We'll continue. Number three, who is Jesus? This is a huge one because a lot of people fall into traps with the with modalism and Unitarianism. And I saw the comment of someone saying they don't understand the Trinity. Let me be very honest. No one will ever fully understand God's actual existence. If you do, you're God. If you figure out how exactly God exists, then you must be God because you can't properly understand something greater than you. You can't. You cannot. And I can describe this to you easily. Draw me a fourth dimensional cube. Not a single one of you can do that. So if you can't even comprehend what a cube in a higher dimension looks like, how can I expect you to tell me how God exists? 
So I'm not sitting there saying you have to understand the Trinity. You don't even have to call it the Trinity. You can call it a Godhead because the Godhead is biblical. But what does matter is that you do not reject what the scriptures make clear. And what that is, is that God has revealed himself as three. He has made it known from Genesis to Revelation. The very first paragraph in Genesis, you see God, and then he speak his word, and then his spirit is hovering above the water. You see three. We see three appear to Abraham. We see three all throughout scripture. In Proverbs 8, we see wisdom saying, I was with him in the beginning. In Proverbs 30, it says, what is his name and what is his son's name? Jesus appears and says that he comes to bring uh, to reveal the Father and that the Holy Spirit will be the one that they send. God has clearly demonstrated three. Whether we can explain what that three about him is, he's one God, but he for he has decided that this is how I will re reveal myself. If you deny that, then you deny truth, right? We get into this argument all the time about, well, I don't, I don't like the word Trinity, this, this, and that. I don't care what words you like, but do you accept what the scriptures say or do you deny what the scriptures say? Because at the Amen. end of the day, you cannot sit there and say that you know Jesus while denying his word. You can't. Like, you can't. And this is kind of that. This is where I was talking about the other day. I think JD and me were on the live stream. It might have been maybe my own live stream. But Christianity is extremely easy but extremely hard. It's this, it's this interesting thing. Like, it's easy because you do nothing. You just trust him. Uh, but it's hard because you got to deny your pride because your pride wants to take over. The gospel, super easy, but then we want to look like, what about this? And what about this? And can I understand this? And can I understand this? And as you uncover and try to dig deeper, you are now forcing yourself to make sure you're not following the wrong thing. Make sure you're not going to be like, oh, this is, uh, this is not mm, uh, right. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we must know who is it that we follow? Who is he? And how has he revealed himself? That's all I care about. I'm not telling you about any man's opinion that matters. But do you trust how God has chosen to reveal himself? And no matter what Ooh. anyone says, God has chosen to reveal himself as three. Because the Holy Spirit is God, the Son is God, and the Father is God, and they're distinct. I don't care if you use the word persons. I don't care what you use. The fact is God is one, and he has three distinct demonstrations whatever you want to call it because he he the holy spirit is not the son and the bible makes that known jesus says you know my father will send the helper he doesn't say send me and i'm going to come help you and, and the fact that jesus constantly points at the father the way he does and demonstrates the the uniqueness of their relationship we have to say okay whether or not i like the word trinity whatever god reveals himself as three I mean, the fact yeah. that Jesus tells you to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit tells you right there. Because that would be blasphemy name. if it yeah. was not one. If yeah. it was not one, then that would be, if you told a, a Muslim, hey, you should baptize in the name of Allah, Muhammad, and Gabriel, you might not walk away from that conversation. Because that would be blasphemy, right? To mm. sit them on equal ground. Jesus even says in John 17, this is funny to me, JD. People love to act like this is like against who Jesus is. When he says... Mm. Eternal life uh, uh, is to know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. Bro, that's not a that's not a knock. Jesus just said eternal life is to know Him and sat Him with God. He didn't say eternal life is to know you, Father, the one true God. He said eternal life is to know you and me, you yeah. and me. And why does He say that? Because you can't know the Father unless you know the Son. 
and the son will never let you keep your eyes on him because he's going to point to the father. So in order to know the father, you have to know the son. And the way that you know the son is through, I mean, the way that you know the father is through the son. Jesus is the new veil. When I was reading uh, Exodus the other day, I love when it comes to the part where he tells them like where you hang it. And he said, this will keep them from the holy place. And Jesus is that veil. The veil tore when he died on the cross because Jesus is our new veil. And we come through him to enter the holy of holies. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And it's it's a perfect message. It's a perfect passage. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 to 8. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 to 8. That's what this is. That's what uh, JD did. He said, I'll be right back. He pretended to go get water, but he ran to his Bible like, I got to come back with something. Fire. (laughs) Fire. I actually got coffee. I got coffee. Jeremiah 17, you said? Yeah. 17, 5 to 8. Just read that quickly. Oh, and you need me to read it for you. Mm. Real needy over there. But thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert. And shall not and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabitable salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who trusts whose trust is the Lord. Oof. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought. For it does not cease to bear fruit. And man, you want me to keep reading? You said nine. What did you say through? Just five through eight. That's it. You hit it. You hit oh, it exactly right. I love I mean, I thought foundation. that was Psalm. Why did I like I wanted to go to this verse, but I couldn't remember which Psalm it was, and I was wrong. It's not a Psalm. Why did I think yeah. about the setting up a tree? Let me see. Is there a cross reference that's oh it is in Psalm 1 3? He says he is like a tree planted by streams of water. I never yeah. knew that that was a cross reference. Wow. Thank you, JD. I appreciate that. Um, oh, did I do that? Jeremiah's got some gems, man. Jeremiah's did I do that, that whole, this whole gems. time without putting it on screen? Yeah, you did. That's okay. It's cool. Faith we comes by hear hearing, you. not reading. Yeah, faith comes by hearing, not not seeing. Yeah, duh. <laughs> Watch out. Last time I said that, I made a lot of people upset. He said, don't <laughs> read your Bible. No, he didn't. <laughs> Shut up. It's going to snip it. Somebody about to snip it. But yeah, yeah, I love and that. I mean, and the I reason was... I wanted to go to Psalms, JD, is because Jesus is the water of life. He says, the water I have, remember John 4, he says, the water I have, you will never you know, be thirsty. And I love that verse in Psalms. And this is actually way more in depth. This talks about how your leaves will not you know, cease to be green. You will continue to bear fruit. And, um, and the heat doesn't bother it. Why? Because, ooh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Man, wait, Jesus. I love Jesus. Brother. Matthew yeah. 5, I mean, Matthew 13 real quick. Let me open up the Bible so y'all can see what I'm doing over Woo-hoo! here. So Matthew 13, which we all know I love that passage. And uh, I just had something popping in my head real quick. So in Matthew, okay, come on, Logos, don't do this. I'm on fire and I'm going with this. Come on. He says what? He says, other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. Now, wait a minute. Wait for him to describe what that is. Oh, he says that person is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself. Let me take you back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah said that the tree that's planted, its roots go to the water so it does not get scorched. 
So, and, and they do not fear when the heat comes. Jesus said, if you have no root in yourself, when that sun comes out, you become scorched. Ooh, hold on now. Oh man, oh man, when you get into the Bible, baby. Hold it's up now. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Was Jesus referencing this with the parable of the sower, or at least drawing you to understand that that root must be able to pull on what I give? You had no root in yourself because you weren't connected to me. You heard the word and wanted to sprout up for your own purposes. That root is what matters. And we know in James chapter one, Man, James says what? What does James say in ch chapter one? I love it. He says in James one, um, Oh, 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 where's it at? Where's it at? I know where it's at. Right here, right here, right here. So I'm gonna connect all this. I promise you. Uh, da, ba, 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 ba. There it is. I thought it was right there. Where does he say the implanting of the word? It's literally right here. I know it is. I'm just looking over it. Oh, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive. With meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls, the implanting Boom. word, right? The implanting word, you catch root when the, when it catches root. It now has that connection to the Lord, which it pulls water from the river and it never fears the sun. I'm sorry. Go ahead, J.D. You were making a point with Jeremiah and my my Bible study brain kicked in. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and that's exactly it. I mean, we, we see the Jesus Christ confirms the foundation. His apostles confirm the foundation what foundation the foundation that was prophesied by the prophets that preceded christ uh, i mean this is even why john the baptist says i baptize with water but the one who precedes me the one who comes after me he will baptize with fire and he will baptize with the truth and and we see a lot of people misunderstand that fire baptism a lot of people think that that's when you see them in the churches calling for the fire to fall down. Everywhere we see in the Old Testament, fire being used. Fire is God's judgment against Holy Spirit fire. Yeah. Fire. Holy Spirit fire. No, yo. Um, hey, everybody, y'all about to all get healed right now. Yeah. <laughs> that Holy let me Spirit take, fire. Hey, let me, let me not let TikTok feel left out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and again, we see that this, this fire is, is, is exactly that what we see in the book of revelation with god coming in the flesh jesus christ god incarnate coming to judge all the wicked all those who have rejected the gospel who have rejected the truth will stand under the righteous judge and what does james 2 10 say anyone who has transgressed the law in one area has transgressed the entire law so based on that Everyone, everyone must stand and give account. So we as Christians, we as Christians have no fear of that day because we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I mean, and this this just reminds me of 2 Timothy 2.19 as well. What does 2 Timothy 2.19 say? Uh, uh, I mean, we love, we love 2 Timothy 2, but he says, Nevertheless, the foundation <laughs> of God standeth sure, having this I was trying to be seal. a live streamer where I was blessing all of you, but my bad. I guess it didn't yeah. work. 2 Timothy, what? Yeah. No, no one blessed. No one blessed. 2 Timothy 2? <laughs> 2 Timothy 2.19. I mean, 2 Timothy 2, for those of you that don't know, 2 Timothy chapter 2 is probably uh, Mike and I are in agreement with the foundation. This is like our, if we had a ministry, like if we had a building, this would be the, <laughs> 2 Timothy chapter 2 would be the. We'd write this behind the pulpit. Yeah. Amen. 
Amen. But what does he say here? Second Timothy 2, verse uh, 19. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord mm -hmm. knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. And then Amen. it just goes right on to, to uh, again, with now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable and some for dishonorable. We, we can keep confirming eternal security. We can keep confirming foundation <laughs> together with eternal security. If you've got the right foundation, you're eternally secure. If you've got the wrong foundation, as we see with the parable of the sower as well, then you will be picked up and picked off. That's that's what it comes down to. Picked up and picked off. All right. Good night, guys. Um, no, but um, amen, amen, amen. You know what? I was thinking the whole time in my head, if we had a church, and I know whenever we do this, the people that actually wish that was a thing start getting real like fever dreaming and stuff like, Ooh. but um, uh, all the walls would have the word of God on it. Like literally yeah. everywhere. Like I would, I would pay somehow to, it wouldn't be nice. It's just, I'm saying like, not like a giant, like cathedral, but I'm saying the walls would have the word of God all over it. No matter where you stand, you can read the word of God. Just yeah. popped in my head. Probably doesn't, probably wouldn't look as good as I think it would look, but you know, who cares how it looks? It's the word of God. A win is a win. It's the word of God. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't really, it doesn't really matter what, what it looks like. It's going to be like, you can't get away from the word of God in that church Four four walls. With the word of God. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of it, but that's awesome, man. That's really cool. I told y'all, if y'all get JD to move to America, I don't know how you do it, and obviously move within driving distance of me, I would only open a church up with JD here. And I know that that gives me enough time to actually become um, qualified. Yeah, same. So in the time I the time it takes me to move there, uh, we, we can just both get qualified <laughs> amen amen so what do we talk about tonight and tonight wasn't like uh if you come here you will have a new foundation tonight was the reminder that every one of us that had that moment where you walked away from something you came back much later have you checked your foundation have you went back and said you know what i'm going to go to the word of god as if i know nothing as if i know nothing because again, when we come back, sometimes we're like, well, I know this part already. Cause I remember this when I was a kid, we learned about this and learned about this. And, and, and you assume in your head, like, okay, I, I don't need to touch that. I got that. I still got that. Right. It's not like riding a bike, right? It's not where you come back and hop back on it. You need to make sure that your foundation is solid before you jump back into where you were at when you broke off. So that's, what I call for all of you, if you are one of those people, just dive back into the beginning of your foundation. I see uh, Ashley over here trying to make, I mean, people literally over here trying to make judgments on the estimated time that will take. Uh, I've seen three to four years. I've seen five to 10 years. This is y'all getting him. Y'all got to get him to America. Not I, That's between y'all and him. That's not between me and y'all. Um, no, this one we don't do mega churches around. Yeah, wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. If y'all sow a seed of three dollars if y'all sow a seed, I'm telling y'all, if y'all sow a seed of three dollars and ninety-nine cents. With all that being said, JD's cash app is <laughs> 
Y'all you know, need to reach out to him about that. Get him a travel agent or something. Um, yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, no. Um, uh, uh, at the end of the day, we we follow what the Lord tells us to do, and we'll get to where we get wherever we get. Uh, JD yeah, might be necessary to stay there for all we know. All right, we might be trying to pull him out of there, and the Lord is like, I didn't tell y'all to take him out of there. All right, we let the Lord do what the Lord does. Heck, for all you yeah. know, maybe the Lord's gonna be like, no, I need Mike to go to South Africa because these people good. They need JD and Mike there, and then y'all lose both of us. But um, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't lose us really because we'd still be on here. We'd just be next to each other in South Africa. But you never know what the Lord has planned. Uh, you never know what, um, Lord willing, Lord willing, yeah. Dio, Dio Valente. I love, I love this saying Dio Valente, which is Latin for God willing. Dio, Dio Valente, Dio Valente which is Latin for God willing. I can't speak Latin without making it sound Italian. Actually, I can't yeah, speak any yeah, Latin based say, language without say, sounding that Italian. So, that sounds so mob boss. <laughs> Dio, Dio Valente. Valente. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, That's we it. got 27, I mean, 27, 17 minutes left. I know language. I know time. Um, and so anybody have any questions about their foundation, about this topic tonight? Um, go ahead and start shooting them in Psalms. Doesn't it say if you bear fruit first, bear fruit first three up oh, the comment moved. First three years, it is to be thrown away. Fourth year is to be blessed by God. Fifth year, it is, is it is increased. You'd have to tell me where you're talking about so I can see the context of that because I doubt that context has to do with uh, what we're talking about when we talk about bearing fruit because I can't really yeah. throw away the fruit that I bear. Yes, Ashley, he shaved his beard uh, without taking any type of vote amongst the elders, without checking with consensus. <laughs> uh, people were really set on that beard. I had people reaching out like I never listened before, but something attracted me to it this time. Both of your beards together, it was magical. And then now he's baby-faced over there. Um, and I'm just saying, I'm upset about it. I'm pretty sure y'all are probably upset about it, but I'm really upset about it. I, I don't even want to look at him sometimes. I look at the screen and I'm looking to the side. That's why I'm not, I'm, I'm looking at the comment section. I'm upset. I'm upset. Now he's hiding. I don't even know what he's doing. <laughs> he's red. See, I wouldn't see all that red on his face if he had a beard there. So really, at the end of the day, it's also affecting him negatively with looks. Now his whole face red. He could have been good, at least covered here, just red in the face. <laughs> it's okay, man. It's I still love you. I rebuke <laughs> you in the name of Jesus, but I love you. <laughs> How do you know that your that. foundations are correct? Oh, oh, that went away. Where'd that go? And that oh, you are man. born again. So spades, a couple of things that I would recommend for you. First and foremost is we want to read first John about three times. And why do I say three times? Because sometimes you see it differently every time. I love first John because he writes it for the purpose of um, making sure that you know the Lord is with you. His literal purpose of writing it. And he tells you this in his letter is so that you can have confidence on the day of judgment. That's what his goal is in this letter. Do you know the Lord? And he ends with not only should you have confidence in the day of judgment, but you should have confidence that he listens when you speak to him, right? I love how First John uh, ends his letter. Actually, I love how he ends his letter because he randomly jumps on idolatry for like three three words. But um, right here, where are we at? Um, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So there's the first thing he writes for. He's saying, look, I'm writing this so that you know you have eternal life. 
Then he says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And I love in my Charles Spurgeon book that I was reading on the live stream a couple weeks ago when it says, um, how can we trust that he hears us, hears us if we don't even believe, fully believe that he's forgiven us? Now, when you think about that, you have that's the confidence you have to that honestly, if you really want to know where the foundation is, you shouldn't leave the foundation stage until you know the foundation is set. What I mean by set is you're secure in your salvation. You're secure in it to the sense of, you know, what God has promised. You might never be truly secure. Like, listen, don't let me and JD's gift of faith. We we clearly have a spiritual gift of faith. And that's a thing. If the Bible tells you that you can have a gift of faith where like your faith is kind of rock hard in some areas. And it's not always a blessing. Sometimes it's actually very a very big struggle because you sometimes want those questions. You don't want to feel like you your faith is too secure. Like, am I am I too confident right now? Right. But people will have doubts in moments and struggle. There's going to be struggles. Right. But your foundation is set when you know that no matter what your mind thinks when it comes to those struggles is, you know what Christ did and what that means for you. No matter what, that foundation is set on who he is and what he has done. So how do you know your foundation is good? Is Go back, listen to what we talked about, the, the three real important things. Who is Jesus? Legit. Who is Jesus? If you want to write this down, you can write this down. Who is Jesus? Why am I saved? Or how am I saved? Like salvation, soteriology, write it however you want. And... um. Uh, uh, the importance of the authority of scripture, right? Those are the three things we were mainly talking about. Like, do you trust the word of God? Do you trust God? Do you know who God is? Who is Jesus? What, what, what exactly is revealed about him? What do I believe about who he is and what has he done for me? Those are the questions. And when you're grounded there, because again, I just don't want you to be in this talking about like, yeah, I was saved eight years ago. Mike, I love hanging out with you. Cool. When you were saved, you, so you believed in the gospel? No, I came on the altar and I said, I invite Jesus in my heart and I had a great life after that and everything. Wait a minute. We got to go back. We got to go back. <laughs> what was happening there? What, right? Um, so that's all I'm saying. We're not trying to make this scary for you. Like, what if my salvation isn't good? We just want you to be firm in knowing that you believe the gospel. Amen. And, and no one named no one no one calls Jesus Christ Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Again, we see this perfect example of the triune God. We see we cannot come to the Father but through the Son. You have to believe in Christ. And when you believe in Christ, you receive the seal with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit walks with you through your belief in who Christ is and what Christ has done on the cross for you. And this ultimately leads you to heaven with the father for all eternity. So we see this perfect example of the fullness of the Godhead in operation, even from us. We see that the Holy Spirit proceeds both from the father and the son. There is nothing done by the Holy Spirit that is outside of the will of the father and the son. One God, Eckhart. So we see again, that this is this is this is the beauty of salvation. If you've believed, if you've truly believed that Christ is who he says he is, and that he died for your sins on the cross, that he paid the price for each and every single sin, he paid it forward, propitiation. He paid for sins that were not even committed yet. As we see in Matthew 28, where Jesus Christ says, Lord, he prays to God in heaven, and he says, If it's your will, let this cup pass from me. The cup of wrath was poured out completely 
on Christ Jesus on the cross. And thereby he fulfilled the prophecies. Psalm 22, Isaiah 53. He fulfilled. He bore the iniquities of many. He bore the iniquities of the world. But those who choose to reject this and rely on themselves and say, I am good enough on my own merit, you will stand and account for your goodness that you think you have or ought to have. And this is the misconception. We are not good people by nature. We are bad people by nature. In the fallen state we are in, we are wretched. We are depraved. We are far away from God. And this is the, the, the narrative the world pushes is, but I've been a good person. There are no good people. There are no good people. Beside and outside of Christ, I am nothing. Outside of Christ, Mike is nothing. And outside of Christ, this podcast means nothing. It's, it's, yeah, I'll look at you when I say that. Tell me how you feel, JD. Tell me how you feel, JD. You, you listen to me, bro. You listen to me, bro. I'm going to my back to him from now on. We're going to talk this way. <laughs> and and, and that's, that's it. What do you Part say to a new Christian? What do you say to a new Christian who has trouble understanding while reading the word? Go on, what Mike. No, what do you say, JD? What do you what say, do you say Mike? What do you say, Pagano? Pagano? I say, I say find people that do know how to read the word and learn from them and study with them. If you struggle studying alone, find a study partner. Uh, this is the beautiful thing about fellowship. If you can't find one, you can find one online. You can find one online. For example, you could read the word with us. And I'm not trying to pitch us right now uh, because there might not be an us tomorrow. I'm not feeling really happy with his face. But, but at the end of the day is find someone to read the word with and go down that route to where you learn from others. JD's frozen, by the way. No, I'm not. You're frozen. You're frozen. His lips aren't even moving as we hear him talking. You're frozen. Every time he speaks, it just. And all of you know what I'm talking about. He doesn't just. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, we, we, I just saw comments in the chat and we get so many of these. I've seen so many of these comments over the last few months, especially um, from spades um, who says, you know, he keeps falling short and he came to God three months ago. No matter how, how much he tries to leave, uh, and live a life that's worthy of God. He's wicked, um, and he keeps falling more and more. Sorry, this makes me cry. Um, this is this is uh, Spades. First of all, um, you're not alone in this. You're not alone in that. In in that you are. The more wretched you feel is is actually not a <laughs> is not a bad thing. Um, this makes us lean on grace. And I always point people to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul speaks of the thorn in his flesh. He speaks of the messenger of Satan who's, 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 who's come out to befame. And, and we remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ here, um, that his grace, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for us. So while Mark pulls that up, 2 Corinthians, where are you? Uh, there you are. Chapter 12. There you go. Corinthians. Just don't get aggressive with me, Mr. Pagano. List you back it up, hold it up. This is the, his attitude changed ever since his wife gave the pinning job to the kids. That's when he started getting funky with me. They're like, <laughs> taking, 
<laughs> now he's projecting. He's projecting. <laughs> so here we go. So yeah, Paul says it. A thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me, uh, to keep me from becoming conceited. So let's just look at that first part. When you feel sinful and wretched, Paul also mentions in, in, in 2 Corinthians 7, I think it is, that his sin is ever before him. He's always aware of the life he once lived, persecuting and killing church, uh, killing Christians and persecuting the church of God. Why do we still remember our sin? Why do we still look at our lives as sin? And why do we still, why is it ever, ever present with us? Because this is a reminder of the grace that we have received by God. And this is what Jesus Christ goes on to say. He goes on to say, that his grace is sufficient for us because his grace is made power or his power is made perfect in our weakness. And they, therefore, Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities for when I am weak, then I am strong. These this is a perfect example of how every single day we need to rely on the grace of God, not become conceited, not become prideful, and not think that we are above any other Christian or any other believer because we have all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. And, and the, the, what I would say to encourage you, Spades, uh, above all else, is, is get involved with brothers and sisters in Christ and, and, and talk through all the things you battle with. And I, I, I can't tell you that it will stop or cease in a day or two, but I can tell you that it will get easier as God molds you and perfects you. Keep talking. So, yeah, we, we've got another one. Mike, on your live stream this morning. No, I was looking for something for him. Jesus Hold on. Said, if That's you not... love me. Uh, you're looking for something for spades. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know why, but I can't find it. And I know exactly what it is. I This is, this is, when you have so many verses in your head, I'm like, is that Corinthians or Colossians that it says that in? Hold on. Because I think it would be helpful. Um, therefore, when you're out, the outer self is wasting away, the inside is being renewed. Is that Corinthians or Colossians? Oh, there it is. I, okay. So we do not lose heart, though our yeah. outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Um, and every time you struggle, I want you to read Romans 7 and Romans 8. Like if you really want great places to go when you're struggling and you just want to think about what God has said to you and what he wants you to know and what his word says. Romans 7 and 8, because in 7, it's a sad chapter. 7 is like, oh, my goodness, the struggle that he is going through. It's like, dang, Paul. But then 8 says, yeah, but Christ is what matters. Christ. And there's no condemnation in you for because of Christ, right? So mm -hmm. Romans 7 and 8, don't forget that. And then, yes, Kodiak, she said, Mike, on your live stream this morning, you were talking about when Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands, that it's misquoted. But I missed what you said. It really means. Could you please tell me? So what I was saying in the live stream was uh, I was using that as an example because there's a lot of people that will uh, purposely misquote that. And I see it all the time in comment sections also, like people saying, well, Jesus said, if you love me, uh, keep my commandments. 
but he doesn't say, if you love me, keep my commandments. That would be a command. If you love me, keep my commandments. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. We see the you will all the time. What do we see earlier? If you build on the rock, you will what? Yeah. Never fall. We see if you're the tree is next to the thing, it will whatever. Amen. Those aren't commands to the tree. It's description of what will happen. Right. Praise so Jesus, when Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. It's he's saying the happen. people who love me keep my commands. They will. They will. They will. It's the same. He who began a good work in you, he will perfect it. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, listen, if you love me, you will prove this by doing this. That's how people read it. That's how it's being read. If you love me, you will prove you love me by doing X, Y, and Z. No, this is why I was having this conversation with Charles just the other day. True believers don't run around murdering, lying, deceiving, killing. That, that's not what the Christian does. The Christian automatically follows God's law because it has been imparted to us. The Holy Spirit seals us. This is not to say that you're not going to fall short and cuss or, or lose your temper in traffic. or it, it doesn't mean you're going to instantly put down the box of cigarettes. This is not what it means at all. It's, you're not going to be able to beat the porn addiction overnight. You're not going to be able to yeah. stop being angry. I think the best way to describe it, though, J.D., is this way, because I, I I like what you're saying, but I, I want to just add some confidence because some might hear that and think, oh, my goodness, well, then I am screwed, right? Because they're they're not even at a place where they even understand what you're saying. Um, imagine there's two paths, right? I'm going to go with Jesus's parables. Uh, but instead of the paths being narrow and, 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 and wide, because you don't know that, one path is full of light and one path of, is full of darkness. If you walk in a path of light, can you step in a shadow? Yeah. Can you step off the path into darkness? Yes, but you're not walking in darkness. You you misstepped. You you stepped out of bounds, right? The person who is indwelt with the with the with Christ and has that in them, they're on the correct path. That doesn't mean you won't step off sometimes making mistakes. You're not on that dark path though. So there's a difference between the person who walks in darkness and that's where they're there that's their life. And you walking in light and stepping in some shadows. You step in some shadows. Like, mm, I shouldn't have did that. In the Here's the real truth of it. Christians will sin, but no true Christian sins and doesn't have a problem with it. Now, if someone came to me and be like, yeah, I actually don't mind it when I cheat on my wife. Like, is that bad? Yes, that's terribly bad. If that's where you're at, then there's no spirit in you or you don't hear him anymore because yeah. you grieved him so much. And I don't even know where you're at. You might need to go to God about that. <laughs> because the truth is, yes, will you sin? True Christians feel disgusting when they do. Even if it's something you keep going back to. This is why the end of Romans 7. Wretched man, I feel like this is my impression that Paul was like, wretched man that I am who will save me from this body of death. Like, mm, I want to do what's right, but I can't. Like mm. that's, you, you notice in Romans 7, it's like this, I want to do what's right, but I can't. That's the true believer. Not that you don't do the wrong thing, but that mm, you're you're fighting it. You're no, I won't do this again. You might you're gonna lose that battle, sure. Yeah. Amen. Oh, it's 1:30. I mean, well, not 1:30. It's an hour and 30. We have to stop. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining in. I know that JD is out there at what time is it right now in South Africa? 10 past 6 a.m. Wait, 
10 what? 610. You said 10 past. Oh, it was the accent. I thought you had like this way of, because like, you know, we'll say quarter two or quarter after. I thought y'all <laughs> had a word that meant something that I didn't know nothing about. So I just needed to figure out what was happening. But you said 10 past. You just, <laughs> the accent. Um, no, but uh, thank you guys for joining us. As always, JD's waking up and he's getting his day started. And for everybody watching from South Africa, everybody's watching from New Zealand, everybody watching from Australia, hey, have a great and amazing day today. The sun rose for you. So it's your day to go out and be bold for the Lord and live it as if he might come back tonight. And for those of us here in America, in America, and we're going to lay America. our head down on that American pillow, a.k.a. America. freedom. Um. Make sure you thank the Lord for your day. Let, <laughs> thank the Lord that you did wake up today and that you made it through the day and tell him, Lord, I guess you didn't come back yet. So I'll be waiting for you tomorrow and live every day. Don't, don't, don't okay. focus on tomorrow. Live every day as in today. And that's all that matters. People always tell me, Mike, how do you deal with the fear of when Jesus is coming back by living every day as if he's coming back today? And then who cares? Like, it's not that serious. But if you enjoyed this and you want to hang out for a little bit longer, I will be over on TikTok doing my little after show thing. JD's going to go live his life. What do you got to say? Anything? Um, yeah, just just remember uh, for a seat, <laughs> three dollars. <laughs> uh, so we don't God we don't want you any of your money. However, if you could all send us your credit card information so we can just verify that you're 18 or older, we won't charge yeah. anything. Yeah. Just go ahead and email it over. Credit cards, Get debit home. cards, and go ahead. Go ahead and clip it. Go ahead, True Christian Ministry, scandling people. It's fine. Scandling scammers. Scandals. Um, uh, oh, by I the way, up to is... my wife's friend's daughter. Um, I guess they finished the graphs, um, and she was still medically subdued or whatever. You know, when they keep you in like a medical kind of like out of it, because obviously with the amount of burns that this little girl received in the accident, um, she would just. I, I can. I can't imagine being awake during it. Um, so I, I understand why they, they, they did that sedated medically said they sedated her. Uh, but uh, I guess things are going well as well as they can. So, um, just wanted to give you guys that update. My bad. Uh, yeah. And I just wanted to say that, that there are still, uh, when I go through the YouTube, a lot of people, 123 people watching right now. Um, and then we don't have everybody liking. So as soon as the stream ends, uh, just go like. Uh, the video so that it gets boosted to more people and we get more offline views as well um, and encourage more people to come and listen to the podcasts. Um, there's the Absolutely. first credit card number. Thank you for your generous donation of everything you have. I um, really pray. Lord, please don't let that person's number be accurate. Hey, yo, <laughs> stop playing with me, Joshua. I will delete your comments just because I'm in fear that this isn't even a joke. Oh, I can't unless I ban you. I don't want to ban you, bro. Delete your comments. He's playing. Delete there's your no comments, really, bro. No, there's no one that dumb. I, I'm convinced there's no one that dumb. Even though it is the internet, but like there's no one that dumb. No one puts that stuff out there. He's joking. Yeah. He's joking. He's joking. He's got to be joking. Got to be joking. Got to be. Not happening. But uh, by the way, at the very top of my links in the in the beacons, um, there's a new link in there for my radio interview. I did a radio interview interview this weekend for KDC 1220 Denver. Is that what it was? I'm probably jacking that KLDC, KLDC Denver. 
Um, and the show is called Target Practice. JD had to go, obviously, because I I'd be keeping him too long. Never mind, he's back and he's yeah. Um, but yeah, the link is in there. You can go listen to that as well. I'm gonna go ahead and go over here to TikTok. I will see you guys then. God bless you all. And as always, in the words of myself, go in peace. Love you guys. There you go. I was waiting for JD. <laughs> <laughs>